Hello and welcome to The Beat. I'm Chris Rogonomsky. And I'm Bennett Bogus. Today we are going to be finishing our Beatles episode, starting with the revolver and going up to the end. Which would be Let It Be. No pun intended. Oh. Well, The End was the last single on Abbey Road, I believe, and Let It Be, so yeah. kind of a not well thought out pun, I'll it's, be honest. It's It's a joke all the same. Okay, so starting in 1966, we have the Beatles' seventh album, Revolver. Revolver is interesting because the artwork is really something. Yeah, it's uh, you were pointing out to me before that this is the first album uh, without a real picture of them. Yeah. So it's just kind of a, uh, what is it, a drawing by one of their good friends. Yeah, who, who drew it? It was... I'm not sure. Yeah. So... Anyway, this album, seventh album, is was is famous for Taxman and Yellow Submarine. Uh, so, pop, contrary to popular belief, Yellow Submarine is also obviously in the album uh, Yellow Submarine. Yellow Submarine, but it was first introduced in Revolver. Is it is it different between the two albums, or is it just the same? I think it's the same, but I know that um, if you listen to, because you obviously know about, uh, what is it called? The Beatles' Love by them, right? Yeah. So that takes all of their, like, hits, and sitting down with Paul McCartney, the uh, song editors, they tied it together, and it was in Paul's vision how they were supposed to be listened to. So Mm -hmm. I think it basically kind of makes it seem like you're on drugs because yeah. <laughs> if you listen to it it's very like you know euphoric and atmospheric yeah. so and they use that for the Cirque du Soleil like soundtrack did they yeah that that's like what they did their whole like jumping and backflips and tight roping too yeah it just kind of adds a whole another level to it yeah just adds more on top of it so anyway um Uvalu actually I believe it was 33 years after, um, was it 33? Yeah, in 1999, it was inducted into the Grammy Hall of Fame. And this was a huge turning point for the Beatles. It was an album um, away from their usual stuff. It was a lot more psychedelic, especially with uh, Tomorrow Never Knows, the last single on the album. Yeah. So this was, I'd say, the best album possible uh, that could come before Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band, which is the next. Yeah. Because it kind of introduces the whole era for the Beatles of that. Yeah, it, it really sets them up for Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts because it, it begins like the psychedelia of the band, the, mm-hmm. which was started kind of in Rubber Soul. but Yeah, you could really... definitely see some hints of that, but much stronger mm-hmm. notations of this in Revolver. And obviously continuing from the last episode i'm going to give my recommendation of course this is bennett bogus giving a recommendation i recommend and your bird can sing off of this album this wow. is one of my favorite beatles songs of all time it's a fantastic song yeah i i like that song too it's pretty great that's all you're gonna give me that, that's that's all you're gonna get i like wow. from this album eleanor rigby is my favorite from that's this a album. great song that's a fantastic song. i think it really just shows paul mccartney's like artistic 
uh, lyrical like ability mm-hmm. for him to just create a story. Because who is Eleanor Rigby? I uh, I have this book and I've shown you. I could probably go find out, but um, uh, we don't have time for that. But yeah, the, I have this book. It's like a coffee table book that I got from a neighbor. And it basically has a page on like every single Beatles song. And it goes through the meaning and all this stuff. And so I could probably find out. But, you know, I don't yeah. have it with me. So that's my fault. So we're going to go ahead and transition into the next album. Yeah, the next album is Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. This was released in 1967 and it is their eighth album. I'd say... I mean, the popular, like, just the average Beatles listener who doesn't really go in-depth and listen to all their songs, uh, I'd say it's between this and Abbey Road as to best yeah. albums. Kind of like how we did um, Pink Floyd, like, with Dark Side of the Moon in earlier episodes. Like, the average listener is going to look at Pink Floyd and say Dark Side of the Moon, best album hands down and with the Beatles they'd probably there's two people that I that either say Sgt. Pepper's Lonely High School Band hands down or Abbey Road hands down yeah because those are their two most like well-known albums mm-hmm. and, and deservedly so yeah definitely I think the artwork again on Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band this is, is a revolutionary. Is amazing. How many characters are in it? It's something like ninety-five people are on, <laughs> on the front of this album, and it has them in like these just fantastical suits, and then it's them again from one of their previous albums, like mm-hmm. from Beatles for Sale. It's them from Beatles for Sale, and mm-hmm. it's just great. It's it's fantastic. I mean, what I love about this album is how, for a minute, they really aren't the Beatles. They're not. Yeah, they are Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. And we can see that in the first single where Paul basically screams during the chorus yeah. <laughs> their title. So, fantastic, fantastic album. One of the best. And this one is famous for... Obviously, their title song, Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band, Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds, A Day in the Life, um, with a little help from my friends. There's a ton. Yeah. And I think just to talk about Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds, it kind of shows like the peak of their psychedelia with, I think, was Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds in Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts, or later in Strawberry Fields Forever. I'd say... um, in my opinion, it'd be a day in the life, because I think it's like a. I, I could definitely see that because there is just like that instrumental part. Yeah, and that where, gets insane. Yeah. So I mean, the transitions are smooth, like just from the title song to with a little help from my friends. How in the title song they're saying the one and only Billy Shoes, and then they go into um the yeah. chorus again. And then immediately when it goes into, um, with a little help from my friends, it mentions the name. Yeah. It's like, I, I mean, I can't recreate it, but just listen to it, please. It's a stunning album. And then, that that doesn't do that album service, but next is the Beatles' White Album. Um, Just called The Beatles. It's um actually, no, 
we have Magical Mystery Tour next. We do. The Magical Mystery Tour is after Sgt. Yeah. Pepper's Only Heart. Magical Mystery end. Tour, I'd say, not a forgotten album, but... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'd say um, Magical Mystery Tour, 1967, uh, actually just later on in the year from uh, Sgt. Pepper's Only Yeah, November. Band. Yeah. This is their ninth album, and I'd say the most famous one on this single is I Am The Walrus. Or Strawberry Fields Forever. Yeah, both very famous. And during this time, there was, they kind of had a big controversy because there was a part where, like, is Paul dead? And if yeah. you play it play backward, people will say that it says, I buried Paul, and all this stuff. And I think that the Beatles really kind of uh, monetized that and commercialized, is Paul dead? I don't know. Mm-hmm. It was actually in a, I believe it's a Batman comic, how they made a hint at that. And also about that, um, the rumor was actually started after the release of Revolver, because mm-hmm. Revolver was such, as I said, an experimental album, an album of yeah. experimentation. So they changed up, the bass riffs changed, definitely. And in Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band, on the back... I believe, because this was the first album to, on the back, have every song and all the lyrics for it, and it yeah. actually, it was a full red background, and then it was the Beatles standing there, and Paul McCartney was turned around. So, mm-hmm. I I guess it was just a joke, or I don't know what was going on, probably making use of the whole thing, because as you said, they yeah. definitely commercialized it. So, but Magical Mystery Tour, uh, Strawberries Fields Forever, that got its name, because I think it was... Uh, Paul McCartney grew up near a place called Strawberry Fields. Oh, really? Yeah. And so that's kind of where the song gets its name from. It's kind of similar to uh, Penny Lane. Yeah. That's interesting. I did not know that. So, not really... um, Actually, I do want to say one more thing about this album. This album I listened to one night with headphones in and the lights off, and it was fantastic because it's a very... It's, I'd say... Probably the last real psychedelic stuff from them. And it's best to listen to in one sitting, lights off, just isolate yourself and listen to this. It's fantastic. Re- recommendation from Ben Bogus. <laughs> just isolate <laughs> yourself <laughs> and listen to music. That, that's always what I do when mm-hmm. I'm sad. Just turn off all the lights, close my eyes. and Exactly. Some people listen to metal music and, you know, they bang their heads and kind of get it out like that and Chris here he just isolates himself in a dark room and listens Isolation to Beatles. Isolation is the key to happiness. I think that's I don't know about that. <laughs> that's the point. So anyway now we are on to the White Album released in 1968 and this is the 10th album. Yes and the White Album is is kind of kind of the antithesis after uh, Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts where it was like just so much happening because this is just, like, white and then, like, a shadow-ish figure on mm-hmm. it. And also, <clears throat> I do want to say that while the cover may seem like there's not a lot, there are two discs and four sides making this an insanely long album. This is oh. an hour and a half in length and has 30 songs. Yeah, because Revolver was, like, 30 minutes, 30, yeah. 35 minutes, yeah. and the White Album is just so much longer. It's insane. But that brings a lot of hits like, uh, well, this album is famous Back for in the USSR. Back in the USSR. Well, My Guitar Gently Weeps, Blackbird. I mean, even 
some lesser known ones people still know, like Heltu Skeltu. Yeah. So, I mean, what is there to say about this album? Well, I mean, you were telling me earlier about from back in the USSR, Paul McCartney like redubbed it. Oh yeah, this I do want to talk about this. This album was definitely there was drama going on at this time. Nineteen sixty eight. It was getting towards that nineteen seventies point where you know things started going really wrong for the band. So uh, I'll just tell the story real quick. So apparently Ringo Starr. Obviously the beat the drumming in the Beatles. It's it was revolutionary mostly for like you know things that are new and things that were like what revolutionary means yeah exactly so not necessarily insane neil put like solos and fast as heck and all that stuff but they just changed the way that drums were used in in pop you know like a great example is come together in abbey road we'll get to that because it's a different way of doing it. it's not necessarily a very challenging thing to do but it's different so um that makes for you know the drumming to be pretty easy and so at this time since there was a lot of you know tension in the band apparently Ringo Starr walked in on Paul McCartney like overdubbing his drumming part for back in the USSR so (laughs) I don't know that's that's just crazy yeah I mean I don't know if it's real I mean there's like articles on it and stuff but Paul McCartney is a very talented guy, and I know he could do the drumming for that. I mean, he plays totally guitar, good. he plays bass, he plays, I mean, he plays drums. I mean, we've said this in the last episode, but everyone is such a great musician, and you kind of see that when George Harrison uh, does the lead for While My Guitar Gently Leaps. That's that's <laughs> one of... Le- I said I said weeps. No, you said leaps, but it's weeps. While the guitar gently leaps. What? While, the guitar, while my guitar gently weeps. Yeah, you said exactly. leaps. Exactly. I'm sorry. Well, he does the vocals for that, which just shows, mm-hmm. like, the kind of, just the talent of everyone in it. So it's not unbelievable for Paul to be able to do the drumming on that song. Mm-hmm. So are you telling me that not only did George Harrison play lead guitar, but he sang? Yeah, he, he sung the lead in While My Guitar Gently Weeps. Wow, and that solo. I mean, there's a, there's a video. Hey, this is, tell him this is my recommendation. Oh, this is the Bennett Boggess recommendation. So, go on YouTube and go to the, um, what is it, I'm, like, Music Hall of Fame, like, I don't know, just the Music Hall of Fame YouTube channel, and there is a video of, like, Tom Petty and Prince and all these famous guitarists um, playing while my guitar gently weeps, and Prince comes in, he's kind of, like, in the shadows for, um, the majority of this video but he comes out doing the solo like you know kind of towards the end this huge long insane solo and it's remarkable because i mean prince was one of the best like showmen you know as mm-hmm. a guitarist and so it's just that i mean that's my recommendation it's fantastic and another recommendation for a song recommendation part two from bennett Bogus. It is going to be Glass Onion. Glass Onion. Off of this album. Fantastic. You have a very um, kind of like personal Beatles thing when it comes to like my my bird. Uh, and your bird can sing. And your bird can sing. 
Um, yeah, I mean, the thing is, I'm gonna pull up my notes from uh, the last time. There's a lot of good songs, like songs where if you listen to the albums whole way through a couple times, like Please Please Me, we're going all the way back through first album. They have Misery, which is like a minute and a half. They have Anna Go To Him, which is my favorite song right now. It's mm -hmm. one of the best songs I've ever heard in my life. And there's a place, and Don't Bother Me on With The Beatles, and If I Fell in A Hard Day's Night, and just no reply on Beatles for Sale. There's all mm -hmm. these fantastic songs that are hidden away, so that's why I would... There's there's songs that like don't have the critical acclaim that are just as good as like Eleanor Rigby mm -hmm. or Back in the USSR. And the one thing that annoys me is I go... Because whenever I want to listen to a song, you have to go to the um, the Spotify page and the discography comes up of like the most famous yeah. songs. And I see Hey Jude as like what is it like second famous and you I, you hate the song i hey despise listeners hey bennett bogus i don't think you like any song less than you like hey jude i just don't like hey jude and also why, why don't you like hey jude i'd say if the beatles had one good fantastic slow song it'd be let it be and hey jude is it's catchy, and I can see that. I can definitely see that, but I don't. I don't get it. Why is it so famous? He. It's him singing to his son, and it just doesn't do it for you. No, it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> um, another interesting thing is that the. Um, I think it was the the BBC band "I Am the Walrus." Why. They they just said its lyrics had some, like, risky stuff when it said, let your kn knickers down, and... Uh, <laughs> that's what that's why they banned it? Well, and they also said pornographic priestess in the song. That's... Ah, I don't know. But, fantastic. Yes. So, let's go on to the next album, Christopher. Yeah, so after the White Album came... Yellow Submarine. Yellow Submarine has... It's not... I mean, it's known for Yellow Submarine, but... It also has, like, um, All You Need Is Love and All Together Now, which... Mm -hmm. Yeah, fantastic songs on this album, but it doesn't get the credit. I, uh, I don't know. I mean, Yellow Submarine was in Revolver, and this album is basically known for Yellow Submarine, so that's kind of funny. All You Need Is Love, this is a fantastic song... Basically, all the songs that the Beatles wrote in this album are fantastic. And mm -hmm. I say that because um, I don't really know the story behind this. I actually just discovered this while I was looking at Spotify. It's actually most of the album, not most, but about half of them. Is yeah, because Sea of Time, stuff. Sea of Holes, Sea of Monsters, those are all pretty instrumental, right? Yeah, they're all instrumental and they're not made by the Beatles. It's who is it? It's George. George Martin. George Martin. I don't know. I'm gonna have to look up a lot on this guy, and I'm, you know, I apologize that I haven't prepared myself, but I was listening to him, you know, yeah. last class. But I don't know. I mean, half the songs are not those. That's that's but just really interesting. One thing that kind of hinted hints at love coming up much later because it's mm -hmm. like a compilation is Yellow Submarine and Pepperland. Because this takes Yellow Submarine and makes it, I don't know if it even has vocals in it, but it makes it kind of a more atmospheric song. Yeah, I definitely feel that. And Yellow Submarine, this was 
um, January of 1969. So this is getting close to the Beatles' demise. Yeah. It's kind of interesting because while Lennon was a great artist, as a person, he was he was a wreck. He he like he was he beat like his his wives. He just wasn't a good person. And then he writes a song like "All You Need Is Love," which is kind of just ironic. Hypocritical, when yeah. He's had two like divorces, I think. There's um a letter, and obviously I'm not gonna say exactly what it says because it has a lot of profanity, but um. It's a letter later on, I think it's 1973, from Lennon to um, Paul and his wife. Mm-hmm. And he calls the wife a lot of bad things, and Paul a lot of bad things. And he acts as if the Beatles were, like, you know, <clears throat> like, worthless, and they didn't do anything. And it was, yeah. I don't know, it's hard to, it was, it's very tough to see. He had nice glasses, though. He I, did, he did. That was one thing he had to attribute to John Legend, had to be. Had to be the glasses. popularized those, like, Wire full circle. Yeah. Glasses. <laughs> okay, so, Chris, why don't you introduce most, probably the most famous yeah. album of the, all time. One of the most, if not the most famous album of the Beatles. I don't, I wouldn't say of the Beatles. Well, Abbey Road is, is pretty, is very popular. So the next album is Abbey Road. Road, it came out in 1969. Uh, songs on this album was like Come Together, Here Comes the Song, uh, along with The End is a song that I really like from this this album. There's a lot of... This al- album, it kind of upsets me how most people don't know like most of the songs on here, because obviously they mm-hmm. know Come Together and Here Comes the Sun. I have beef with that song, by the way. It's a great song, but they have better ones, and other ones should be number one. Mm-hmm. But I'll come back to that. But um, if you, I think this is like one of the most iconic Beatles album imagery. Yeah, definitely. With with the four of them walking across Abbey Road. Yeah, and Paul. This is kind of funny. Another thing you were talking about, you know, commercializing the whole Paul mm-hmm. is dead thing. He is shoeless and he's holding a cigarette. And also all the um, I think one of the cars is like a funeral procession car or something like that. Oh, a hearse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, obviously hinting at that. But song-wise on this thing, so many underappreciated songs. Like, Oh Darling, um, I mean, something is very Mm. popular. But She Came Through the Bathroom Window, that's one of the best songs. I mean, this it's it's full of, you know, surprises. I, I really feel like The End is a great song of this album. It is. And Paul McCartney... Writes a song in his later album, like when he broke up from the Beatles, uh, mm-hmm. "Memory Almost Full," and it's called "The End of the End," and it's kind of similar to this, not in just the name, but also, but it's very different. And it kind of he writes his own eulogy in this, and I definitely, I definitely think he took what the end was in Abbey Road and he made it his own thing, which is I have the not the heard end. that. It is it's a fantastic slow song. That really just shows uh, Paul McCartney's like art, so is this like musical, like a single from him. It, it well, he 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 kept on coming out with albums after yeah the Beatles yeah, broke so up. So it was so so it's on his uh, album Memory Almost Full, and he it's funny because you can hear his age in his voice because he strains sometimes yeah. on the on the vocals, but it's, it's still amazing that he's now 
so old but can do so much. He's so talented, but it's so tough to watch these videos of him live because, yeah. you know, as one of the, besides Wingo, who, I mean, let's be honest, he he's admitted that he's not that good of a drummer anymore. Yeah. Like, on the uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, they had a second guy on the drums while they were, like, covering Beatles songs yeah. with Paul McCartney and Ringo Starr because he he messed up and he really wasn't, he isn't that good. Yeah, Ringo Starkey, man. <laughs> so, yeah, Paul is, he's getting old, but, I mean, yeah, fantastic guy. The next album is Let It Be, their, their last album. Ah, uh, yep, 1970, this kind of, I believe this came out after they broke up. I think so. I thought they broke up in 73, like officially, um, but maybe... I know John basically left in late 1970, mm-hmm. but this is what the letter was actually talking about, how, um, you know, he told Paul, and Paul really didn't tell anyone because, you know, he wanted that image to be there so let it be, could yeah. have the success that it, you know, had. And then Ringo left in, like, 72, Paul left in, like, 73... So it all kind of dissolved after this. Yeah. Songs out of this, obviously most lo- known for Let It Be, one of the best songs of all time, I'd yeah. say. And um, two more songs, I'd say I Me Mine and One After 909. One After 909 is, is a great song for this album that does not get enough credit. Yeah, that's it, this is a fantastic song. So Christopher Godomsky making a recommendation. This was that. That's my recommendation from Let It Be. One after nine oh nine, and also I Me Mine, fantastic song. Yeah. So, that's that, about to wrap it up. Yeah, that's that. That concludes the Beatles albums. Of course, there were compilation albums later on. Yeah. But one one thing I do want to mention is this is actually a question I have because I don't know which album did Don't Let Me Down like come out on. I think it came up on Help, but I'm not sure. Because I'm really, like, I really don't know. Because um, I know it came out on their, uh, like, Past Masters. It like did. one of their later ones. But was that its release? It's on... The, it, 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 it was re-released in Let It Be Naked and their Masters, but I don't... I don't know when it was originally created. Because I do want to point out, that's also a stunning song. That's a fantastic song. But other than that, we just went, if you listened to our previous episode, we went from 1963 with Please Please Me. To 1970 with Let It Be. It's incredible to think in seven years. They did so much and they revolutionized it in such like... A big way. I think that's gonna be it. Yeah, this has been the beat with Christopher Domsky and uh, Bennett Bogus. Thank you for listening. It, the The beat is produced by Bennett Bogus and Christopher Domsky. Special thanks to Joe Conway and James Jackson. And uh, please, if you like it, rate us, subscribe us, tweet to your friends at us, write a song about it. That <laughs> that really would help. But thanks for listening, and uh, see you next week.